Rico's gonna give you, what Greg is gonna give you, what Ben is gonna give you, what all three are gonna give you. The Big D. Rico's gonna give you, what Greg is gonna give you, what Ben is gonna give you, what all three are gonna give you. The Big D. Rico, Rev, and Ben, yep, they're at it again. Breaking down the team, putting stats up in your head, nothing left than said. They're leaving it all on the field. Just like the favorite team, raising two cups and we'll chill. The knowledge is a real for a trio so true. To representing the great red, white, and blue. And you love them too. That you can't deny, so just one time. Let me hear Dallas till I die. Chico's gonna give you what? Rev is gonna give you what? Ben is gonna give you what? All three are gonna give you the big D. Chico's gonna give you what? Rev is gonna give you what? Ben is gonna give you what? All three are gonna give you. The Big D. Um, soccer? Podcast? Huh. Well, welcome back to Big D After Dark after an international break and uh, some illness to deal with. We're, we're live, we're ready to go and discuss and break down Recent FC Dallas news and events um, and rumors and results. So much to get to tonight. FC Dallas gets a win at home after a dismal set of results. Goals from Jesus Ferreira and Frank O'Hara lead the way enough to claim the Copa Tejas. FC Dallas is the best team in Texas. Hey. Uh, first win under interim head coach Marco Ferruzzi. So we have a lot to talk about to break down his uh where he is, our head coaching search, other rumors, Ricardo Pepe watch, North Texas Soccer Club playoffs, and more. And of course, we'll take your comments and questions live. Thanks for joining us. This is Big D After Dark. And there we go. We are live, uh, and we are coming right to your streaming into your devices as we get going here on another edition of Big D After Dark. Thank you for joining us. Uh, of course, I'm your host, Nathan Hill. You can follow me at Nathan J. Hill on Twitter. There in the middle is our buddy, Jose Carmona. At, you can follow him at El Chico Carmona. And on the Hola. end and is, our, is our buddy, Tommy LaBeouf. You can follow him at Tom underscore FC Dallas on Twitter. Yeah, and, and right now as we get going, we have a lot to talk about. We probably won't get to everything. Um, there's a lot of rumors swirling around. There's a lot of question marks. And, of course, there's soccer games that we can talk about. We're not going to cover every match that we we uh, missed uh, last week. There was just a lot. but um, And there was also a lot of sadness in those results that we probably best put behind us and move on, you know, and have, it's November 1st, have a new disposition, right? Look to the future. But uh, there's some things that, some answers that, that we need and fans need. But nonetheless, we could start in a good, positive place as FC Dallas welcomed Austin FC for the last Copa Tejas match. So Copa Tejas is the local sort of supporters run Texas-wide uh, top-tier professional cup a brand new thing our first edition and you know really fc dallas probably should have run away with this thing much earlier on but made life hard for them but in the end 
um, thanks to Austin beating Houston, and then thanks to uh, good good form against Austin at home, FC Dallas was able to claim its first and only hardware of the season, and we we celebrate that and can say congratulations on a great performance. And also what makes this interesting is that this was the first win under Marco Ferruzzi as interim head coach, so which is a disappointing thing to say. He was supposed to turn things around. Didn't quite turn out that way, did it? But, hey, a win is a win. Goals from Jesus Ferreira and and a clutch goal from Franco Hara, who um, has actually been in a little bit decent form lately. So, hey, um, we, have, we have much to dissect. So, Jose, uh, Tommy, give us your uh, thoughts on the match. What were some real positive things that you saw uh, as FC Dallas claimed Copa Tejas? Well, I, I want to say it's the continued play of, of uh, Cerillo and Cervania, uh as the dual D-mids. Uh, they've had a nice run. And mind you, they started, what, the last four matches, like four games in 11 mm-hmm. days, which is insane. And you see where that youth, those youthful legs. Uh, I, I think also I want to point out the, that that red card was drawn by uh, – uh, by Paxton mm-hmm. showing a flash of his old self, which we've we've all been questioning. Where has that been? He's been dreadful for most of the season, and then you finally get that glimpse. That's like, oh, that's that's what Paxton can do. You know, he can he can he can make plays and and punish the other teams, and really it, that red card changed the match really for for FC Dallas. So so that's that's. Where I'm happy is seeing, you know, seeing the young guys step forward. You know, Jesus also being on a tear to finish the season, and I, I I'm gonna say even seeing Hara finish strong, uh, I think people shouldn't be upset about that because I doubt that Dan Hunt's gonna let him go for next season. So Hara will probably be in the team next year. So I think we need to take that in stride and say, hey, he finished strong. Um, and, you know, if he can give us more of that consistently next year with with the idea that we all believe Pepe is, you know, going to play his last match in FCD uniform uh, next weekend, I think hopefully that gives us a little hope that maybe next season won't be as bad as this season. Mm. Okay. Yeah, uh, so quick note I would say on the on the Paxton red card that was actually what I understand was a coaching strategy change where him and Jesus swapped positions and kind of snuck up, snuck Paxton behind the line and Ferrer was kind of like a decoy like they thought he was the last man and and they swapped right but the thing is what I want to point out is that where was Paxton when that play happened he was in the middle right uh, me and my uh, guy who sits next to me, Kirk, he, we always say, like, he's a midfielder. Why is he playing on the wing? But the point is, is that he made that play in the middle of the field. I still think Paxton uh, is coming back. I, I still think this is like Jesus Ferreira a year ago or so, where he's just not there. I mean, he's still still recovering. I, I, yeah. I see the flashes, but he's not had a, a great season by any means, right? I mean, mm-hmm. but the game, last, the game the other night, uh, I thought Jesus Ferreira, I mean, solid. He's, 
uh, you know, you can see he's going to be a star, and, and he's I, on a he's on a bad team, right? So I think he's been the MVP for the team down the stretch. Oh, right? mm, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is that we haven't seen a lot of the risky back back defensive play ball that we saw in the Lucci under Marco. Like I, I, that was one of my biggest complaints about Lucci. I thought we played the ball the back too many times, too risky, and you. you I don't know if y'all noticed, but it's been a subtle change on the market. It hasn't happened overnight, but last night we really – I mean, when's the last time you remember, like, in a game maybe that we had such a risky ball from the keeper to the back line, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think with Marco, I think we saw that the team is keeping their shape and defense. So now they have given up goals, but it hasn't been where, hey, how do we get, like, five on two, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that on the Marco. So I think there's been some, some – um, uh, steadiness in the defense back there it's it's improved now we still don't have a superstar i think on our team like mario diaz or castillo we haven't had that like other teams have right so i still think this is like a budget team i, I still think this is like a developmental team um, but the good news that the good things that i saw was just uh you know all the players didn't give up we didn't see that um and and they kept their shape and the, the other the other things that we saw um he didn't play. Did did uh, Acosta get in the game, Brian Acosta? He's kind of disappeared, has he, since Marco's taken over, right? I think he's been injured, really. Has he been injured? Yeah, I don't think he's been 100%. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm. No, I, I agree with what you're saying, Tommy, but at the same time, the attacks, the attack has sort of disappeared somewhat because they're playing so defensively. And I don't know. I have been unimpressed with Ferruzzi's uh, uh penchant for waiting till way past the 70th minute to make any significant uh, uh, substitutions. You know, I think it's cost him in some games where you see the other teams are willing to make substitutions in the first half or at the end of the first half. Yeah. And, and, and you know, these teams have made as many as four adjustments long before right. now, long before Perusi makes his first adjustment. And I think that's come back to, to bite FC Dallas. So I, I, I think I have not been happy with his penalty. Sure, but let me read some of the guys on the bench because I'm looking at it right now. Brisson, Quignon, Brian Acosta, Andres Ricarte, Sean, Freddy Vargas, Hara. I mean, he's got the 11 starters out there for a reason, right? I, know. I don't know that these guys are. But take into account that they played four matches in 11 days. You would right. think rotation, rotation, rotation. These guys are not getting rotated, and, and it's been their youthfulness that has kept them fresh. So I think, you know, you got yeah. the youthful legs in Surreal, Cervania, and Jesus, and, 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 and uh, Paxton, and they brought out Tafari. But I think, fine. I don't know. I don't know if maybe they are able to handle it because they haven't played all that much, like Cervania Surreal. For most of yeah. these, maybe they're fresh. We also know don't know who's hurt or not. But the other the other things I want to comment real quick is that I think that uh, while I still don't think I'm excited about him being a starter, um, the one uh, who had to assist to I'm on a blank again. Um, he had assist to uh, Jesus the first goal. Brian. Um, yeah. has played better in the final third. Now I don't Ready? consider him like a. Bonafide superstar starter. I don't know if he's even reached Michael Barrios, you know, level yet. But I see improvement in him, especially in the final third. I and think I'm half 
season, O'Brien has made that adjustment to MLS. That yes. I think gives us hope because let's face it, he's not uh, a Tam guy. He's not a, a deep, uh, you know, deep. Is, is he kind of a budget kind of budget signing? Very yeah, what's reasonable. his five hundred? Yeah, five hundred K, which is yeah. So, yeah. So if that's guy, the case, yeah. then that's that's he's kind of like blossoming a little bit. So that's been a good sign. But right. in my opinion, let's not do it on the in the in the MLS games. Let's do it in the MLS two and in the other leagues, right? But, <laughs> so, but no, I think O'Brien. I think he's made his his adjustment. So I'm fine with him being there next year. The only thing I want to see the team do is bring in somebody to push him. Okay. Oh yeah. No, I agree with you. We have he's to have one starter yeah. next year. Fine, but I like to see somebody that can come in and push him. You know, if you can pay him 500k, why can't you bring another guy at 500k and and and, and that can push him? You know, maybe an incentive heavy. And, and going back to Marco, the other thing I saw, you know, under Lucci, Lucci had this thing about, hey, we're going to possess the ball, and my gosh, we saw too much of ball possession with Hedges passing to Brisson, passing back to the keeper, passing to Cannon, passing back to Hedges, and not trying to score. Now, with Marco Ferruzzi, I know that he, he's told me that, you know, always having the ball is not a good thing. You know, just because the opponent has the, the ball, that's not a, necessarily a bad thing. You know, and, and I think under Ferruzzi, keep the shape. And you see, you know, we've had some attacking the, the other night. I mean, it wasn't like we didn't attack. Uh, I'd like to see more. But, like, because I think Pepe was kind of, like, neglect, neglected a little bit. But I think we need a playmaker on, you know. That and, shoot, that has been an issue for Pepe. And for really and anyone who started up top for the team is is the ball distribution to them has been lacking. Uh, the crosses to them have been lacking. We, we've known this. We've known this all year, and there right. just has been a fix. And uh, I I will say right now that I have I've not been impressed with Ferrucci as as the guy that I that I want handed the job for next season. But that's not an insult to him. As I, I believe he's doing what's right for the young players, you know, playing Serio Cervena. Playing the young guys, uh, he hasn't played Shun, which I don't think he rates him that much himself. But he, he is giving minutes to the guys that are probably going to be here next year that are that are going to – the team's going to rely on the most. Yeah, so, so, yeah. We don't know his full marching orders. I mean, right now he said one thing to the – they said one thing to the fans, but yeah. So you have to mm-hmm. – He's doing the right thing for the club in the future, right. maybe not so much for them now. But I think he understood that the team was out of the playoffs, you know. And, and what he I've did... heard on Sean is that he doesn't have the muscle yet. He's still playing like a kid out there. And But, you know, what I saw, it looked pretty good. But I think we need competition at left wing, right wing, right back especially. I, you know, I just feel like this team is not, like, built to compete. I mean, like, you know, you got to have some some. Uh, adult starters that are, you know, bona fide players, you know, and I don't know that we have that. I mean, like in, you know, five questions. Yeah. One, one, one more comment. So when you watch Pepe on the USA play and you see Arison on the, on the wing going down and, and you have Pulisic in the middle and then you see a different Pepe, right? Cause you get service, right? He doesn't have that on FC Dallas, the wings in a, take out Fer- Ferrer out of this. Cause I think Ferrer is a good player, and even though he is, he's only 20, but there's, there's not a lot of veteran leadership or a superstar. You know, there's not even one veteran superstar. I, 
I think, I think, like I said, I think that we, you've seen a team that has potential for next year with the right additions and right subtractions. But I don't really foresee them adding. I know, I know that that you want to try to. Uh, most people want them to add a, another right back. But I think the team is going to stick to their guns, and they're going to say we're going to find that right back within the team. You think you got Tomasi, you got Munjoma, who weren't ready, but now they'll have a full season under their belt, and they'll have a full off season. And I think they'll be giving a shot to one of those, to battle each other out. And I will throw this in there. You got to keep an eye out for Colin Smith over in North Texas. Yeah. Because not, I not haven't because, seen him play yet, but go ahead. Not, not because, not because he's been playing great running back. He's been okay. He hasn't been great, but Colin Smith is your next, uh, Brian Reynolds type. He's a freak athlete. Um, Speed and 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 intangibles that you cannot teach, and so he was put at right, moved to right back in North Texas with the idea that he's your next Brian Reynolds. So don't be shocked if the team doesn't make an a, an addition and simply goes, okay, we're going to give Colin Smith a run, uh, allow him to challenge Majoma and Tuomasi, and and you're going to have yes, he's not the most technical, the best defender. But he's gonna be a terror on opposing defenses hmm. because I, I like what Tomasi has done. He's been serviceable. Uh, he's kind of got some attack in him, and he's very good with the ball. He's grown. Uh, I think Tomasi yeah. has grown. Uh, he's giving you. He, I think you've seen his improvement. Where where Munjoma has seen, you've seen some gradual improvement. You've seen leaps and bounds of improvement through Tomasi. Yeah. Where I, I think. Guess, but I, but I, no, I, I think you're making a good point. I mean, I think um, having guys who are promising and we know can can grow into positions is a good thing to have on a team. But there are also those games where we don't need somebody who's growing. We need somebody who's gonna, you know, just step up and get the job done. And, and you know, and, and meanwhile too, we have veterans on this team who were supposed to be those kinds of guys and haven't. I mean, there's just a lot of questions that then this offseason the team is going to have to think through. And they can choose to sit and and just see if guys develop some more. And it's not the worst thing in the world to do. I mean, sometimes you you have that offseason to, to, to take all you learned and, you know, start fresh for a guy like Tumasi or Munjoma or someone else. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the we also know that this team isn't going to be good enough next year. Um with just well, the roster, right? Everybody, they're right. turning everybody. But I, I, I said right. it before, and I'll say it again. I foresee double-digit um, turnover in players next year. And mind you, I'm not saying they're going to cut and trade ten players. I'm saying double-digit turnover in that some players will be released, some players will be traded or so or, or transferred, and some players will simply be loaned out. You know, so I expect the team will basically shuffle the deck. You can expect guys like Riccardi to be gone. Uh, I'm not sure Vargas will be gone because while everyone's been hard on him, his he's getting paid like a project. You know, so I think if the team's worried about his actual fitness and, and seeing that he's regressed and not improved, I could see him gone. If that's the case, because let's face it, 
FC Dallas is when they they loan players, you got a season to prove that you, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you got the uh, you got Felipe also. I mean, so that's three loans right there. That boom, that's three guys. Pepe could possibly be gone. We all expect that. That's four right there. You know, um, could easily see Brisson or or Jose Martinez. Yeah, traded I mean, or yeah, go out. You know, okay. one of those guys. But but then you've got you've got Robert Thomas. You've got uh, um, Dante Sealy. I mean, that's six players right there. And that's before we even start talking about other players, you know, like that could go that uh, Quinone. I mean, he hasn't been the answer. Uh, I, I ho- yeah, I mean, I hope the DPs that are they're either too slow, uh, you know, they're making too much money and they're not making an impact. Brian Acosta has not made an impact on the attack. Uh, I, I'm okay with all those going, you know, and keep the young guys, but bring in some good DPs, you know. I'm, you know, I would be okay with um, Acosta staying, but I would prefer that they buy them buy him down so that he's no longer a DP. My only problem with him is being a DP. You know, uh, I, I think he's killed the attack. I mean, I think that you know, without him in the game, you don't see those shots from midfield, and you see more passes into the box services. Like my, you know, my problem with the DPs that that Dallas acquires, and and they have they have been acquiring. Are that they're not none of them are must start guys. You see other teams, you know who their DPs are. When they and, come in the game, we know who they are. <laughs> exactly. And they're, and they're must start guys. And if they're not starting, it's because they they played you know a, a midweek game or something like that. But when they come in off the bench, they change the face of the of the of the, yeah. of the match. Dallas doesn't get those kind of DPs, and honestly, that's what this team lacks. Get DPs that are take the gamble. Okay, you're gonna get your hours, you get you're gonna get your dental dental but you only have to hit on one. You know, so do it. Yeah. You know, take the chance, take the chance, and and okay, we'll be upset when they when they fail. But you can't just say, oh well, Denelson was Denelson was horrible. Oh well, horrible Haras is horrible, so we can't try no more. No. Keep trying. Eventually, you're going to hit one out of the ballpark. And having those DPs that can that can be game changers will give your young players something to strive for. But I think that's that's where that's where those DPs could help. You know, uh, being behind those kind of uh, difference makers shows the young players what they can strive for. And and I would like to see Dallas if they sell Pepe for a lot of money. Please, please, please get us another DP. If you're going to stick with with Harris, one of your DPs, please buy down Acosta and go out and get a $5 million, $10 million guy. Please. I don't care if he's a bust. Sooner or later, you're going to get it right. Yeah, the funny thing is we've always wanted a striker, right? We paid every year. You know, we had (laughs) Christian Coman come in. We had uh, the guy from Canada come in. We had some Gettison. We had so many strikers come in. And now we come from our own backyard, and he's not going to even be with us for like a year. Yeah, you know, and it's just it's ridiculous. I mean, Ferreira is technically a, a second striker. He's not a true uh, number. He's like a false ten, right? If we're very lucky, he will be a false nine and, and play up top next year. And hopefully, they can move Paxton in the middle because Paxton, I think, 
if so we two in their in their homegrowns, you know, and if, if you know, and and we've got more in the pipeline, believe it or not. So hmm. my my biggest disappointment this year, the going back to the right back, is that you know we got we had Reggie Cannon before we had Reggie Cannon, we had Watson, and before Watson we had someone else, and they were all similarly built. They were tall, they were super fast, and then after Reggie we had Reynolds, who I loved Reynolds. I mean, I can only imagine how this season would have been. If Reynolds would have been been in the right back, right? I think I said that before. You know, uh, at some point, you know, you gotta say the goal is to get people to come to the games and have some loyalty to to the team. You know, this year I think Dan Hunt has ran away more fans than kept them, right? I mean, can we all agree on that? I mean, like he, <laughs> pretty straightforward. Yeah. Well, well, hey, we had a couple of comments here. Our buddy Ben uh, Funch has said, you know, that he he would pass on. Marco on a head coach, even though Marco has given some minutes to the young guys, which I I do think I give credit to Marco for, and he's certainly tried to bring a different mentality. But it's it's clear um, he's just revealed that there's a lot of problems with the roster. But Ben also says, don't we have a winger in North Texas that did really well this year that we got last off season? And um, uh, we have several. I mean, we got Ryo. We've got. Uh, uh, I mean, oh, Medcar. Um, he's been uh, hurt, right? Medcar's been hurt. No, not really. He's been he's been back and forth, you know, on, on the CD roster, on the NTX, on the North Texas roster. Did we, we got, sign a winger from Philadelphia that was? He hasn't played much, has he? We got Kazoo. So there's some players that are that are in North Texas. But I'm glad he brought up North Texas because I'm going to tell you next year. With North Texas moving to the MLS uh, developmental league next year, people don't realize that that their 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 contracts are going to change. Think about it. All the USL contracts will be void right now. The way it worked is these players that were in North Texas are in a different league, and therefore are not part of the FCD senior roster or or, or extended roster. But when they move to MLS Developmental League, they will be essentially be on the FCD roster, just not the main roster. Now, we haven't heard how that's going to work, but but the rumors are coming through that it's going to be basically allow FC Dallas to stash players on North Texas, where you could only, you got the whole, hey, we got a loan player, this and that. You'll literally be able to call players up someone who's on a hot streak in North Texas, there will be a mechanism where, hey, he's already on FC Dallas roster. You just simply got to move into senior roster and bump someone down to the supplemental roster, really. Mm-hmm. It will be a true reserve team. There's, I mean, the mechanics haven't been worked out, but this will be huge for FC Dallas next year, the fact that they can just simply have somebody that's hot, like uh, we had, uh, um, what was his name? Um uh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Uh, sudden. He got injured. Uh, Kaiser, for example. When he was hot, they could have just, you know, if he was, uh, it, it, they couldn't just call him up. You know, they, they have to, he has to take a spot on the, you know, they have to loan him to FC Dallas. So I'm looking forward to find out what that mechanic change is going to be. But I know the complaint has always been, that it's very hard to move players from USL to MLS. 
that's always been a trip up. Yes, you got the, oh, you can run down for short loans and stuff like that. But I know that it was very hard to get someone from a USL roster on a USL contract to the MLS roster. So I, I, that's why the change is happening. And some teams will benefit from this. And FC Dallas stands to gain significantly from this. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's something we need to keep an eye on. What are those mechanics going to be? Because um, they will essentially be an extension of the current roster. That will be interesting to watch. I know there's other things that we'll get to talk about. Uh, I know we'll, we'll probably next week start to dive into roster changes and things like that. But let's go ahead to the other big storyline. Um, it says we don't have any really other news on the coaching search, uh, except mm-hmm. one tidbit that we'll touch upon maybe later. Yeah. We have one. Okay. Well, and R- Ricardo Pepe, uh, of course, the Ricardo Pepe watch, does he stay or does he go? Boy, uh, it's a lot of news. Uh, rumors that Ajax was uh, scouting him in a recent match. Um, he played like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, played like 10 minutes. But Wolfsburg has made some inquiries. Like, there's just quite a few teams now. A lot of rumors from Premier League and from uh, Syria, you know, um, Bundesliga. Just a lot of possibilities out there, which is exciting. Um, a lot of talk about around a. a uh, 10 million pound price range, which could be something in his contract or a, a, a release clause or something like that, but which would come out to be about 13 million or so, which is in line with kind of what FC Dallas probably would hope to get. Um, so, so there continues to be a lot of smoke, um, uh, some fire, but uh, nothing concrete yet. Um, still, we got a ways to go on this. I, I probably thought the most telling thing was after he came back from the last international break, um, he did pick up a little knock, a, a gash on his leg, just needed some time to heal, which is probably why they have they have kind of been careful with him a little bit. Uh, but there was a shot. Um, uh, uh, the camera was able to s- spot Pepe and his agent, apparently watching that first midweek game back. And, uh, yeah, you kind of got the sense that, man – and, and folks are thinking this last game against Austin was his last home game for FC Dallas. Yeah. He'll probably play again um, this weekend. But, yeah, um, you know, I mean, I, anything can still happen. And it can still happen that the deal doesn't work out. But it does seem like, for all intents and purposes. There was also talk that it could be sold, but also loaned to us for another year. Yeah. So he's ready to go for world cup as opposed to sitting in the bench wherever he goes. Um, so, so I want to point out that, that, that we were all talking about Reynolds when Reynolds, all the rumors started coming out with Reynolds and, and thinking that there would be a bidding war for him. Let's, let's not forget that they were talking around 5 million for him before a, a sort of mini bidding war, you know, broke out and it ended up being eight million. We've got about twice as many teams being linked to Pepe as we ever did with Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And and they're not done. They're still coming out of the woodworks. So I mean, yeah, I think, you know, people say, you know, 10, 10 million or which comes to around twelve to thirteen million. If that's where the bidding starts, then hold on folks, because if teams are serious about Pepe, and and all indications are that they are. Don't think that, you know, even if that goes up just 
like I said, Re- Reynolds went through the after the bidding went up only three million. You're looking at fifteen, sixteen million minimum. Mm. You know, and I'm now I'm telling you, there's more teams interested in Pepe than there were for Reynolds. So, so the, it it'll come down to one or two things. Does he go to the highest bidder, wherever that may be? Or does he go to the team that will give him the most minutes? Of course, we're all cheering for the most minutes. Yeah, I got to believe that the USA uh, coach is involved in, in this as well. I mean, advising him what to do and what not I to do. would think that the USA is advising to stay with Dallas, if at all possible, because I'm telling you right now, if Pepe moves and doesn't get loaned back to Dallas, He's not gonna get called into the U.S. because they're not gonna they they're they're not gonna want to ruin his chances of competing for a starting job. That's the thing is is that happened with Cannon when he first moved, and 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 other players when they first move, and they haven't cemented their roster position on new teams, the U.S. tends to back away from those players and say, hey, you know, we don't want to call him for all all the camps because it, it people don't realize that. One of the negatives of going to Europe is you literally are competing for your starting, uh, for your minutes. And if you miss training with that team, you go down the depth chart. So, so do you call him up to your U.S. camp and have him fall down the depth chart in whichever club he's in? Yeah, or, I'm, I'm, if and, he asks me, my advice would be to stay. And you know why? Who did he beat out? Sergeant. Where is Sergeant playing? Uh I don't know. He's not playing in MLS, right? Newcastle, He's playing right? in Europe. So Pepe got better than Sargent playing in MLS. Can we all agree on that? Yes. Pepe got better playing at FC Dallas. Pepe is not always better on the other side of the tracks. Pepe needs to move simply because every every time he's moved a level up, he's risen to the occasion. So he was at the academy level. He moved to North Texas. He rose to the occasion. He moved to FC Dallas. He rose to the occasion. So let him take that next step and let's see him rise to the occasion. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, do not be surprised if he doesn't get called as much to the men's national team because mm-hmm. they're not going to want to take him away from training with his team and cementing his position there. I support Pepe, whatever he does, but, you know, it's his, his, his life. He's going to choose it. I'm just saying that just because you go to Europe doesn't mean you're going to become a better player. It's hard. I, I mean, I, I, there's I, no guarantees. No guarantees. And and our friend Ben says, does the experience of Cannon and Reynolds give the Pepe crew more to think about? And I'm I'm sure I, it does. I think so, yes. But on the other hand, remember, so. Reynolds was, was going over there, wanted by a head coach, and he couldn't control that situation that they brought in Mourinho. And, you know, they, this, this, yeah, this is what happens, you know, in soccer, in this business, is that, you, you think you're you're coming into a situation that works for you and it radically changes. You get injured, something happens, there's a formation change, you know, and and so that's why on some level, if you're going to play, do this game professionally and you're going to want to go and compete in Europe, you're going to have to like battle, you know, you're going to have to, you have to elevate, you have to take those chances. Cannon, by the way, because I want to point out that Cannon, who had not been getting minutes with Boavista, that we all wondered why, the, 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 Manager said he's been injured. Now, they hadn't been made a big deal of it, but they're like, he wasn't playing because he's injured, and that's the reason. And we all know he wasn't 100% when he was with the U.S. team. But he started two weeks ago, played the full match, 
and then he started this weekend, and 16 minutes in, had to leave the match for re-aggravating whatever injury it is that he had. Mm. So Cannon has been has been injured since the U.S. camp, since his last U.S. camp, and he has not whatever it is that's bothering him. He has not fully recovered from it, and that's what's holding him back. So, so the bottom line is no guarantee that going across the pond will make Pepe the World Cup champion or not. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's no it's luck of the draw. No. And, uh, you know, he'll have to control what he but, can control. Yeah. But, and Josh Sargent, I think, I think Josh Sargent's going to get better. I think he is. But on the other hand, you know, do you I think, think he's become Pepe better? I, I don't know. Better? I don't know. But I don't think Sargent, but I want to say something. Take what's happened with U.S. players, young players, from two years ago to today. And because because the appetite for U.S. players is growing and the fact that, you know, COVID decimated the, the budgets of many teams, it's forced teams to look for good quality talent at more affordable rates, which you can find in the U.S. So players that went to Europe two, three years ago would have gotten much better deals today because the appetite for U.S. players, because of those players that went two, three years ago and four years ago, have laid the groundwork for the young players like the Peppies and, and, and the Aronsons. And these Aronson is the one I was like, wow, he's yeah. really... Well. It's they laid the groundwork. So you're seeing just within two, three years, you're seeing a growth in in the appetite for this player. So I think Pepe will have it better than Reynolds. He will have it better than as far as his choice. Hopefully he makes the right choice, but that's not something we can control. Well, let's let's keep it rolling here. Um, all right, next segment, front office wish list. And there is a whole background chatter going on among <laughs> FC Dallas fans about issues with front office that have an ongoing pressure points and as well as frustration about things, some of the things we've already talked about, purchasing players and coaching situations and things. So, um, you know, I'm I'm just curious what you all would think uh, would be on your front office wish list for this coming uh, off season. What is one move that FC Dallas could make Um, in the, from the front office perspective, you know, maybe it is a designated player. Maybe it's uh, out of the box coaching hire. Maybe it's, something else um, that would give you some hope and some excitement to kind of plug back in to where FC Dallas is going. What do you all think? Hmm. What is on your FC, your front office wish list? I can tell you right now, and I will tell you right now what my wish list is. It's very simple. It's not addition. It's not subtraction. It's very simple. I want the Hunts to allow Sonota to make the calls make it his team 100%, get his manager that he wants, get the players that he wants, have him prove that he is the right man for the job. Because I, I've, all, I've been one of the guys that's defended him and said, hey, Hara is not his guy. Acosta is not his guy. I know some people like to say, say that Brisson's his guy, but that's not true either. Brisson's not one of his guys. There are guys on the roster that were brought in prior to Sonota that are still on the roster, and we need to see those guys. We need to see the team move away from those guys and allow Sonota to bring in his guys and make it his team and and have the hunt step away. Don't force players like Hara on him. Let him 
prove that he's the right man for the job or and and if he, that happens if you if you get rid of Ricarta, you get rid of Acosta you get you get rid of all these guys that were brought in before Brasson get rid of all these guys that came in before Sonata and have, let, allow him to replace him with his guys then we can judge him through and say hey those are your players that's your team that's your manager you know and prove us that he's not just a seller because that's he has a strong history as a seller and he's coming to Dallas and prove he can sell players will not prove us that you can make a winning team. Hmm. You know, which he did have a reputation okay. for that in Brazil, but we haven't seen it. Yeah. And is that him or is that the owner? So my wish list is Hunts step aside, let Sonota run the show, let him get his guy, whoever that may be, even if he's not a guy who's connected to FC Dallas by one way or another, allow him to bring in this guy, allow him to bring in his players, get out of his way and let him make of his team and prove that he's the right guy for the job that can lead this team. All right. Just one thing. Sure. That's my just, one thing. Just start. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know that uh, we probably can go down no. the list. Could be the man. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, let me clear this. Got some thunderstorms <laughs> coming through. All right. Um, so let me just start before I talk about my one thing or, or probably be a couple FC Dallas has seven wins this year. Three of those came against the newly Austin FC team. Now, you may be happy that we win the FC, the, the Texas Copa big whoop. You know, we beat Austin FC, the expansion team in Houston. Let's take away those three wins. So seven minus three is four wins out of MLS, out of the MLS team at league, which is really mediocre in some people's minds. Um, you know, a lot of those teams don't have a Ronaldo or Messi. And we got three wins, four wins, I'm sorry, four wins. So, you know, uh, what do we want? Uh, you know, I think we need an apology from, from, the, from the front office. You know, we had that presser just a few weeks ago. There was not very apologetic. It was basically we have a MLS Cup team, <laughs> which we don't have, right? Uh, it's, it's pretty much black and white, you know, in, you know, we got Marco. Marco couldn't do it either. It's not, in my opinion, it's not Marco's fault. It's, this roster is very much mm. mediocre. There, there are good players. Now, I mean, I don't mean to say anyone is bad per se. I like the youth on our team. I really like Tafari. I really like Pereira. I really like Pepe. And now I, I kind of like favor O'Brien a little bit. And maybe not as a starter, but I think he's definitely got some value. Um, I definitely think that Vargas, as you talked about, he's going to be a prospect down the road. But we, but I want it. It's competition at every. I want, I want, I want the team to be filled in a way that it's built to win. Like competition at right back, I, you know, competition at winger. Have someone who can playmaker. You know, um, you know. I'd like to see the the. the for me, I want to win, but I also want FC Dallas to be a club that North Texas brags about, is enthusiastic about. When I go to the games, there's not tons of empty seats. You know, I really wanted one day have a dream that this will be a soccer community where Pepe will want to stay. Reynolds will be right back. You know, all the good players that we have will be on FC Dallas to win a title. And people will just go to the games and you can't buy a ticket because we have a good team. That's not what we have here. And, you know, my dream is to have a front office that's sincere to the fans about winning. 
And I don't think we have that. I mean, mm. if we're going to be a development club, then let's call us SC Developmento and we can give our money to develop the club if that's what we're going to do. But if we're going to win, don't come out and say we're going to win with this club because it's not what we have. All right. That's, and, a, that's, a, that's a good, very passionate answer. And I think, uh, you know, you have to agree with what Tommy said. And I want to add to that is I think that Hunt, that Hunt needs to come out and lay down clearly what his expectations for the club are, what the goals are, and lay them down and be honest with us because they keep telling us MLS Cup is the goal, but their decision-making and their moves don't scream MLS Cup, you know, contender. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. threw, they threw Lucci under the bus, you know. Yeah. I'm it, it, it's just bad as it can get as a front office. I mean, it's just bad. Right now, right now they're, saying, they're saying what we want to hear, but their actions don't reflect that. And, and that's what I'm saying. I think what Tommy's saying is, is be honest with us. What is your idea of success? What does that look like? And what do you plan to do to achieve it? Because they keep saying, we're this, we're this. But the fans know that's not true. And, and, and it, honestly, the team not making the playoffs is probably the best thing that could have happened because had we made the playoffs, snuck in, get, it, get eliminated in the first round, Dan and then would have patted themselves on the back and said, good season, we made the playoffs. Mm. Is that it? Is that, is that the goal, just to make the playoffs, get in the playoffs? Is that a successful season? Because it yeah. shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, we backed into it, what, a, a year ago or so. We, we, you know, we played terrible, and then we, we beat uh, a poorly roster from Kansas City, and we made the playoffs. And, you know, we had a new life, and we, we did win a game. But, you know, it's all it's just, just uh, lightning in the bottle, right? It's just... Well, our, you are what you are. Our friend Ben uh, commented that as a former season ticket holder, he says, my hope is that the front office would value having a full stadium and a waiting list for season tickets. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, and, and so, yeah, good good synergy there. And, like, I, it, there, it, it is a systemic issue. I mean, it's, it's not – they have good personnel. They have good staff. They have some great talent coming up. And right there, I mean, I, I appreciate, Jose, that you lifted up Cervania and Cerillo. I think if we if we gutted the rest of the midfield guys, uh, uh, you know, and, and said Cervania and Cerillo are going to be our midfielders this next season, uh, you know, now, is that MLS Cup winning? Is that an MLS Cup winning midfield? Probably not. But it's really a competent one. It can be solid. If you add pieces around them, it could be a really spectacular if team. If you, you build, build on, on them, them, yeah, and you let them continue to grow. I mean, they're both young, and they're going to – they have and then them mid-season. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Like, it, Tessman, I'm sorry, but I wasn't happy that Tesman was sold. You know, people forget that Tesman was a starter. And, okay, maybe he wasn't the best starter. But he was taking yeah. those steps sufficiently that some team in Serie A said, we want that kid. Yeah, I, I would like to see that guy get more minutes in MLS before leaving. I don't know that that was the right decision. And I'm just saying, that's, that's the only issue is, yes, I love that Cerillo and Cervania are getting their minutes, and maybe they are the answer for us next year. But what's the guarantee from Hunts that they're not going to say, hey, look at that Cervania kid. He's too, you know, yeah. you can have yeah. him for the right price, you know, and, and then so, – 
I think for me, I mean, just for my wish list, then, like, it, not that it's all in this one thing or anything. I mean, there's so many issues, and it could happen in many different ways. And certainly, a fan experience is something that they should, they've had time to get right. They should be able to get right. Like, there's so many aspects that, even outside of the product on the field, but I do think this head coaching hire is, is important. And, and I, I, I just hope, and I'm so I'm kind of with you, Jose, too, that if, if Zonota can bring in his guy, the, the kind of relationship where they can work closely together, and it's not this sort of like, well, here are the players try to win, but rather, let's let's talk, let's build a cohesive vision, and and let's push the front office and be like, no, we need this to win. This is the kind of player we need to bring in, and. I think Dan Hunt and, and the front office, they need to be stretched. And we need a, a coach, an outside voice. Has Not that that's, a, again, going to solve all the problems, but it has a potential, especially if it's someone who's had some success building up a team. I think it'll be hard to discredit that. And, and Lucci was an interesting try. He knew the club well. He knew the front office well. He's a great guy, uh, just a great human being. But it didn't work. And, and so you might as well look for someone with experience this time who's been down this road and will challenge the culture because maybe the culture needs to change some. And, and I, I, sure. I'm glad you bring up Lucci again because I want to say the one thing that we've seen since since Oscar left, in all honesty, with Lucci and, and with Ruzi is you're seeing the team trying to force players to play in positions that they're not best suited for. You got Paxton's not playing his optimal position. You could argue that Jesus is not playing his optimal position. You know, uh, that that's uh, that's something that we've seen consistently where where you wonder why don't you alter the 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 formation to best suit what you have? Why isn't Paxton in starting in, in, in the center? And by the way, Let's say we're running a four, two, three, one, and Paxson was your 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 um, number ten. He's got an excellent backup ten in, in Roberts who can't even sniff the field. So you actually have two, not one, but two potential number tens on your roster, but you're running an offense that doesn't call for a ten. You know. You got an excellent, you got an excellent, uh, ex- excellent uh, secondary striker in Jesus, but you don't run an offense that uses two strikers. Okay, yeah, I, I, I think it comes down to numbers. I think that you know they play that that formation, and Jesus is behind Pepe, right? And then I think the Paxton is just injured. I think they don't want to get him injured in the middle of the field. I think they're playing him out avoid injury. That. Maybe next year he moves back inside, but I think it has to do with that. That's just my guess. I'm just saying I think we need a a a manager that's not afraid to experiment and make a formation that fits the players you have on the roster as opposed to taking the players on your roster and trying to make them fit in your formation of preference, mm. which is I think what we've seen for the last three years. And to your point, we've seen Jesus flourish in the U.S. when he played up top. And – I got to believe that if Pepe leaves, that's where Jesus will end up. Yeah. I, I, I think I want to say I saw something on social media where someone criticized Jesus saying that 
he hadn't been back to the U.S. because he didn't look good last time out or something like that. And I was thinking, wait a minute, the last game that Jesus played for the U.S., he had like a monster game where he scored who knows how many goals and had how many assists. It was that one route that they had where, where he just went nuts. And he hasn't been called back since. I'm like, you think a guy who went out there and had a monster game with two more minutes, but yeah. that has more to do with the fact that I don't think he's been, yeah. you know. I think he, he got injured. He came back to practice yeah. and was injured, and so that, that kind of set him back. But now he yeah. is back in form, and, yeah, he better be getting a look. My point is he hasn't been called back because he played badly for the team. Right. He actually lost it. He played great. Mm-hmm. I think he's just behind some other players who are ahead of him right now, but give him time. He's the biggest gem, I think, from player, other teams looking 20. for a gem. That's a gem. He's, right now. he's a steal right now. You know, but he's a player that I think has played well enough that he should at least get an invite. Yeah. And be given a shot again. This could be but fierce. like you said, yeah. U.S. played him in his optimal position, and you saw the result. Right. Well, uh, Rick, we need to close out the shows. I need to get to bed here shortly. But all right, for, but other good news: North Texas Soccer Club is in the playoffs. I mean, it was a it was a battle to get there. Uh, there was some uncertain moments, and North Texas uh, missed a chance to secure a home playoff game with another late goal given up. But the team is exciting. They're they're really fun to watch. They can score at any moment. Um, there's a lot of athletic players that are raw that are growing that have skill that can just do incredible things and so um just a lot to to enjoy and watch but they will play at chattanooga which is going to be a tough task i mean chattanooga has their number in some ways but there's always rev a has been, i've been i've been crying to rev saying that this is the worst possible matchup for north texas because the one team that has consistently found a way to either win against North Texas or draw a match that North Texas is winning has been Chattanooga. They've done it in all four games against North Texas, scoring goals after uh, in extra time or, wow. or at the death. All four matches, Chattanooga has basically come out and snatched either uh, uh, a draw from the jaws of defeat or an outright victory against North Texas. And, and you just see it. You just see where even North Texas, when they have outplayed Chattanooga, each four matches, so it's not a fluke, and this is their opponent. So I I hope if North Texas can vanquish Chattanooga, look out. Mm-hmm. But as far as matchups, the worst possible matchup they could have gotten. Well, um We'll, we'll see what this team is made of. It'll be a great experience for them now. You know, I... One last thing. Sure. Uh, while I'm saying that, I will say that of the big three, Union, with us being Union Omaha, Greenville, and Chattanooga, Chattanooga is actually the weakest of the three home teams at home. Union and, and Greenville are practically unbeatable, but Chattanooga is beatable, so there is a slight rail. Okay, okay. Well, in my gut, Tommy, um, like, well, yeah, I, I would agree. You know, I don't think Marco at this point is a serious head coach. I mean, I, I, candidate, of course, don't count out Dan Hunt from doing from them deciding otherwise. You know, who knows? They're going to make that call. Um, but I think Eric Quill would become a serious candidate. 
and deserve that if he can lead North Texas to another championship this season. It, this it would be a tough. This could be a tough road, but if they can get him up and get this team, I think Eric Quill should be in that conversation as a potential interesting. And I, I agree with that. Yeah. He'd have two championships in three seasons, and really missed out missed out playing for the title last year by a, a last second goal. I'd be okay with that. I, I like the fact that it's in the FC Dallas. I mean, just like Lucci, um, I. Sometimes I think you bring in these coaches. I've seen it with the USA. They bring these coaches from other countries. You know, they're not local. They're, I mean, it, yeah. it, it's better to, to promote from within if you can. Yeah, and he would know some of these kids. And he pl- they, they play a really exciting brand of soccer that's just a lot of fun to watch. It's, but with a, with, a, with a good roster, I could support Marco. I'll, I'll say that. You know, I, I don't judge him based on these games because yeah. I know the roster, what it is, right? I, it just kind of is what it is. I, I think that you'd be um, shorting yourself if you if you judge Marco on these games because well, the I, roster is the same. The roster. <laughs> my opinion on Peruzzi, if he gets the job, let's say he let's say he does, mm-hmm. I would like that to be a a short deal, like a like a one or two year deal with with extensions, as opposed to like Lucci giving a three year deal, and you've got an unproven coach. Mm-hmm. You'd have the same thing with Marco, so it should be a. If you're gonna do that, if you're gonna give it to even Quill, if you're gonna give it to somebody who's, you know, you would consider inexperienced. Give him a short leash. Give him a year with extensions and say, hey, prove to us that you're the guy. We're gonna give you the shot, but you have to prove that you're the guy for the job. Because um, I like Pereira, and Marco was just like this with Pereira, right? So I, I think he's gonna be the same kind of coach. If he gets it with Pereira, like you know, I think if he could be like Pereira. I'd like to add that I would be okay if FC Dallas trade made a trade with Orlando and brought Pereira. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I see those two as the same kind of coach. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. Well, well, good. Well, thanks everybody. Thanks Ben for those comments. Thanks everybody. Thanks Tommy. Thanks Jose for joining us tonight. Of course, we will post this up on the old podcast site. Um, and uh, should be available out there. And hope you subscribe if you weren't able to catch. And we should be back next Monday night to talk more about latest results, the final weekend of regular regular season action, um, and maybe who knows what other news and rumors and notes will come out in between. Yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, guys.